Welcome to the Keeping the Dream Alive podcast brought to you by Torch Technologies. In this podcast, you will learn about all things Torch, from its history to its culture, employee ownership, commitment to the warfighter, our community involvement, and so much more. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and stay connected with Torch by following us on all your social media platforms. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy the Keeping the Dream Alive podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Keeping the Dream Alive podcast. Today, I sit down and talk with Jim Deal, an employee here at Torch Technologies. Thank you so much for joining me today. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what your role here was at Torch? Yes. As you said, I'm Jim Deal. I was the Torch corporate chief of staff working directly for the president and also the program manager for the MDA programs here at Torch. I'm a recent retiree. I retired. Thank you. <laughs> I retired the end of January and now enjoying retirement. Well, good. Well, good. Yeah. So I know that you joined Torch back in 2009. You had a long career at Teledyne Brown, I think almost 30 years. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that decision to join Torch after such an extensive career at Teledyne? Yes. At Teledyne, I had started out as an analyst and worked my way up to the point where I was the corporate officer in several in several corporations inside Teledyne. And uh, had worked to the point where I could take an early retirement if I could find a place to go to that I felt comfortable going to, I felt was of high ethical standards, a place where I could also, in the process, earn ownership in the company. And all of those things came together when I got a phone call from a friend of mine from another company, another small company who said, Torch is looking for a program manager. They're going to bid on a program. At that time, it was called Midas. It was an MDA program. And it turned out I was, in fact, already helping them write the proposal (laughs) as a subcontractor and had known both Bill and Don from previous meetings as the program manager for a large program at Teledyne. And so I knew about the company. I knew several people in the company. I had worked with the people in the company, so I knew what kind of company it was. And I was actually being courted by a couple of other companies in town that were very unethical in their approach to trying Hmm. to get me to come to their (laughs) company. So when I got this call, I called down and uh, talked to Bill and I said, hey, I understand you're looking for a program manager. (laughs) And he said, yes, I am. Are you interested? And that's kind of how I ended up Yeah, And the rest was history almost, it seems like. So you knew quite a few people here at Torch prior to coming here. But I mean, company culture is a huge thing. I mean, like you can hear about it and you can hear about how good the company culture is. But once you're really ingrained in the company itself, that's when you really get to enjoy and experience what the culture is like. How much of a transition was that company culture versus what you had experienced at Teledyne? Like night and day. Wow. It was considerably different. Teledyne, a multi-billion dollar corporation, you were a number, an employee, you were getting a paycheck, and there wasn't much more to it than that. I'm quite fortunate that when I came to Torch, I came to accept one job, and I had been doing five different jobs (laughs) at Teledyne and was replaced by five different people. Wow. So coming and doing one job and focusing on one job and trying to do it the best I could was a delight, quite frankly. (laughs) 
But as far as the culture is concerned, one of the things that I missed at Teledyne was being able to go out into the community. And in fact, Bill was very generous in allowing me to spend more time in the outreach of the community because I had worked in this industry for 30 years, longer than 30 years, and I knew a lot of people. So I was given the ability to go out and create that connection to Torch that I had had with Teledyne only in a better way. And I could explain to people what Torch was all about. And I was given that opportunity. And that's one of those things I look back on and say, thank you, Bill, for, yeah. for allowing me to do that. I mean, the company as a whole in 2009 when you joined Torch was very different. I mean, like, did your position stay the same here at Torch from 2009 up until really January when you retired? And how does the company around you kind of grown and blossomed along that time too? I don't remember the exact number of people we had when I joined, but it was somewhere between 125 and 150. Wow. And of course, it's significantly <laughs> larger than that now yes. by a factor of 10. So it was a small company, which is kind of where I came from in a way. The last Teledyne company that I was working for was Teledyne Solutions, and it was a company of about 120 people, 150 people. So it was almost the same size company, but the culture was obviously considerably yeah. different. You knew almost everybody in the company when you come into a company that's about that size. When you come in, like I did as a program manager at a relatively high level, a senior manager, and you get to know almost everybody in the company. Now there's no way to know everybody in the company. It's it's unfortunate. But that was one of those things that I really like to do is meet new people and get to know them and help them succeed. Yeah. I mean, I think what can happen sometimes as the company is growing is at the rate at which Torch has grown since 2009 when you joined is that the culture can kind of slip when you start growing at that rate. I think – Torch has been able to really kind of keep that culture ingrained and kind of make it a priority that people know about it and experience it. In what ways do you think Torch is able to do that and accomplish that so well? Well, let's talk a little bit about that because Torch's culture over the 13 years that I was here has changed a little bit. It's grown, it's evolved, yet it has maintained kind of a family relationship and I really like that where people would come together, you go write a proposal and half of the company would show up <laughs> to write a proposal. You'd ask for help to go out in the community and do a shred day for the Better Business Bureau. And 15 people would show up from places in the company I didn't know existed. <laughs> Everything we have done over the years, one of the things that has been maintained is our ability to help each other and our willingness to help each other. And you've interviewed Clayton and talked to him, I'm sure, about the Mississippi hurricane and all of the things associated with that. That's the kind of thing that happens all the time. When the tornadoes came through in 2011, we were out there helping people with cutting up trees and picking up debris and doing all those things as a group, everybody just got together and met up and went out and volunteered with the local volunteering agency. That's the kind of thing you don't see in a company where all you go and do is get a paycheck. Yeah. Because 
nobody cares about what you do on the weekends. They don't want to know. They don't <laughs> want you to know what they do. And you don't want them to know. It's a totally different thing that you don't get in a very large business, unlike Torch. We've worked really, really hard over the years to keep the basic fundamentals of the culture in place, taking care of the employees, doing the best thing we can for every decision is based partially on what does it do to our employees or what does it do for our employees? It's also what can we do for our customers to help our customers succeed? Because if our customers succeed, we'll succeed. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the difference. You think long-term, you don't think next quarter yeah. or next, what is it, year over year. It's what are we doing in the long-term to develop those relationships, keep those relationships going and making sure they last for a long time. Those are the kind of things that make a company very successful. And then finally, you got to go out in the community and give back to the community. That's part of the basic DNA of this company is giving back to the community. Bill and I and several people in major leadership positions in this company grew up in very poor environments. And, you know, I had a father that, ended up going bankrupt at 88 years old a year before he died. Very poor folks that get themselves into financial trouble. And so one of the things that happened to me as part of this transition from Teledyne to Torch was when I was at Teledyne, my basic sentiment was I was going to die in my desk. I could not afford to retire. There was no way. Wow. No matter what I did, of course, I was not very good at investments. I had no role model for investments. My investments were my 401k, which was very small. Teledyne was not very good at supporting 401ks like Torch does. So when I came to a small company with the opportunity to become an owner, then I realized that retirement actually may be possible. <laughs> and that was not the case where, yeah. I, you know, where I, to stay at the company where I already had an established reputation and position. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a perfect transition into the ESOP, which is a huge, is one of the pivotal parts of Torch is that employee ownership. What was your first thoughts about that? What did you know? What didn't you know about it when you first joined in 2009? <laughs> So I knew the vague notion of what an ESOP was, and I knew a little bit about it from having talked to uh, Bill and some others at Torch, did a little research on it, <laughs> but there weren't a lot of companies around when I first came to Torch that had this employee ownership. It sounded like a good idea. <laughs> I never realized how good an idea it was. Yeah. In fact, when I came, we hadn't gone to 100% ESOP yet. Okay. That occurred in 2011. So two years after I joined, there was this big thing going on that I really sort of understood, but I didn't understand the long-term impact. And I don't think anybody does when they first come here unless they know somebody that's been through mm -hmm. it and gotten to that point. But at some point, 
your ESOP becomes significantly much more important than your salary. Yeah. And as far as making money. And for me, that happened relatively early on, and that was significant. And the significance of the ESOP, kind of jump to the end, then I'll go back a little bit. The significance of the ESOP is that I can retire and continue to maintain a lifestyle that is comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm not having to worry about every little expenditure that I make and living off of Social Security and a pension because – if I had stayed at Teledyne, the pension I earned from Teledyne, along with Social Security, should it last, <laughs> would not be something I could live on. Wow. Sooner or later, I'd end up in the same position my father was in, and I'd be worried about just eating. Inflation and everything would eat that alive. Yeah. And if we ever have a hyperinflation again like we did many years ago – those kind of things just basically become pocket change. Wow. So when I first came to Torch and I looked at, well, you got to be in for so long and you have to let it develop and you just kind of go, well, okay, I'm here for, <laughs> for a little while. No. Let's just let it grow. And all of a I'll sudden, see what happens. all of a sudden you're looking at it and going, well, that's a house, <laughs> you know, it's a car. Now that's a house. Now that's a big house. And you get to the point where you see the possibilities of it. And having worked here for a significant number of years, it has made my life significantly different than it would have been. Yeah. We struggle in like, I think with the podcast, we're really trying to convey this to people is that it's easy for someone that's listening to this now that maybe just started out of college here at Torch to say, well, obviously it was going to be this great thing. Like, Torch is going to be successful. Like you got it here in 2009. Obviously, it was going to be this huge, great thing in 2023. But I think it has that same. I mean, Adam talked about it. I think it has that same ability just to be as good as it was for you from 2009 to 2023 as it can be from 2023 to 2037 or whatever it might be. How would you wrap up and just like showcase the value of it to someone who might be listening that is a new employee here or maybe is listening that might want to even apply to something like this and just that impact that it has in like one or two sentences. How would you just convey that to them? It allows you the freedom to do what you want to do because you don't have to worry about finances when you get to the point where you're ready to retire. Now, most young folks coming in right out of college don't understand that concept. Yeah. That's not something they're they're thinking Worried the next about, year, not yeah, or next week. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. I was that way too when I was that age. But at some point you realize that we're going to end up with people retiring in their 50s because wow. they have enough resources at that point that they'll be able to take care of themselves for the rest of their lives. Even now people are retiring at times – significantly earlier than I did, which is great. They're getting to enjoy more time with their families, more time traveling. We go to concerts that we weren't able to do when I was in my 20s. Yeah. So the value is something you have to be patient about. It will grow as long as the company grows. 
And the way the company grows is you make it grow. Yeah. I think that is like the underlying thing. It's interesting that just even talk about like the work that you were doing at Torch. It was, you never were thinking next quarter, next year. It was always long-term things. And I think that is the exact same way that they should approach and people that are listening should approach the ESOP is that it's not something that you're going to see the benefits of in a year, two years. But when you're able just to see that the work that you're doing on a daily basis has a direct correlation to the value of the ESOP, I mean, it's, it's just incredible to see. We talked a little bit about it earlier, but I kind of want to touch back on it. But a huge part of this culture here at Torch that Bill and Don put together, it involves giving back to the local community. So they created this Torch Helps. Can you talk a little bit about Torch Helps and what it was like being a part of that company that was able to give back so much to the community? Well, Torch Helps was started actually by Clay Hagen and Janet Hanish. And they set it up so that it was an employee-run, employee-funded organization, 501c3 organization that employees could give to by just having money taken out of their paycheck, which has always been something I enjoy doing simply because it's convenient. You don't Mm -hmm. see it, you don't miss it, and you're doing good because it all multiplies. And then the employees get to vote on where the money goes. And It started out when I was, and I'll probably mess up the numbers, but it started out we were giving maybe $1,000 or $5,000 a quarter and were just having enough money to do that when I first got here. Later on, we got to the point where we were giving $10,000 a quarter and then tens of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. per quarter. And to the point where we had given over a million dollars out to the community, uh, passed that a few years ago. What you can do with that, the impact you make with that is something that's hard to grasp and because it's spread across the community. Nobody can win. Once they win a grant from Torch Helps, they can't win for another two years. So they get money spread to a lot of organizations. And the time that I spent out in the community, I would have people walk up to me from all different sorts of organizations and say, oh, you work for Torch. Torch Helps has really helped us. They bought us this, or they helped us get this, or they helped us build things, which Torch Helps also developed or spun off into uh, what is now called Torch in Action. Okay. So people can give their time as well as give their money. Uh, Two separate organizations, but it's the same kind of thing, giving back to the community as a company. And so when you do that and you go out, and I was fortunate enough to be on several nonprofit boards as part of my community service, And as part of that, people get to know Torch and they get to know what Torch does and how we support organizations that our employees support. So as Torch Helps grew and became more developed, you know, we were able to help more organizations throughout the community and throughout our outlying office communities Mm -hmm. like Colorado Springs and Eglin down in Florida and Corpus Christi in Texas and up in the Boston area, we give as a company to all our communities, Mm -hmm. give back. So that's just part of what we do. It's part of our DNA. Most of the people who come here, 
especially the younger people, come here because we do that and yeah. they want to be part of that. Yeah, I think it's such an interesting thing that you talk about being out and people noticing and just your shirt that you wear that has Torch logo on it and them asking you and or just thanking you for what you did. And I think Adam even mentioned a story about that was similar to that that he had early on in his career where he was out just like at the grocery store and someone saw his shirt and was like, oh, thank, I love what you do in the community. And he's like, me? Like, what? Like, Torch. Like, you work for Torch, don't you? And I think that's such a cool thing, especially with Bill's mentioned it in previous episodes. You know, the community has helped get Torch to where it is today. And the community is going to help us get to where we want to be in the future. And there's no limit to where this could be, which I think is just an incredible thing, especially for people my age coming in directly out of college to be an employee here at Torch. So I know you mentioned a little bit of it earlier, but you recently retired after 13 years here at Torch, an extensive career uh, to Teledyne Brown and at Torch. Can you talk to me a little, little bit about what that process was like, kind of finally being able to retire, and then now what it's been like two or three months post-retired? So retirement's a little scary. Uh, <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, I've worked in a professional career for more than 45 years. So getting up at five o'clock in the morning and getting ready and going to work and coming home at five or six at night is just been, part of the routine. Been what I've done for almost 50 years. So when you all of a sudden don't have to get up, don't have to, I mean, you have to get up some point, but you don't have a regular schedule. It's a little bit of a change, but it's so nice to be able to get up when I want to get up, do what I want to do. If I say, well, what do I have to do today? <laughs> and there's usually one or two things that I want to do, but if for some reason the weather's not cooperating or something else is happening that I'd rather do, I just go do it. So the process is relatively easy once you've made the decision, you've gone through the out-processing stuff. Mm -hmm. That process is about as simple as you can get. But it's the emotional transition to the other process that you have to be ready for. And I've been planning this for a while because I knew it was coming. And even when I came to Torch, I told Bill, I'll probably work 15 years. Well, I didn't quite make that. <laughs> but it was at that point in time, I'm figuring, well, I'll be 70 years old and I'm almost 71 now. So it's one of those things of, yeah, it's time for me to step out of the way, let some younger people take over and take Torch to the next level. That ability, though, to not have to make the drive <laughs> to work. You know, for years, my drive was 25 minutes long. When I decided to retire, we bought a lake house. And the lake house is an hour from Torrey. <laughs> so an hour each way, after a while, is a long drive. And that 15 years became 13 years yeah. really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and there is some of that. But nonetheless... I don't have to make that drive unless I want to. And so now, you know, it's coming back to mentor folks or help out with something that I know uh, John and I have talked about in the past about uh, me helping with some things later on in the year. We'll see how those go. And I've had volunteer people come after me and saying, <laughs> are you ready to come back yet? Are you ready to come back in the community and start volunteering? And I will do that at some point. For now, it's really nice to be able to just get up in the morning and eat my breakfast, watch the birds. Yeah. Um, enjoy the lake house. It's yeah. the perfect time of the year that the weather's getting perfect right now that you can enjoy it and really 
soak up those all the hard work you spent 45 plus years doing to get you to where you are today. I mean, being able to enjoy it is is incredible. You know, I thank Bill every day for making me one of his success stories by bringing me here. And it's one of those things I can't ever thank him enough. Yeah, I think it's the perfect transition to kind of this last question. Bill normally ends our episodes challenging the employees at Torch that it is up to them to keep our dream alive. What does that statement mean to you now after you've retired and maybe what it meant to you? Did it mean anything different to you when you were an employee here? Well, when you're an employee here, that means get out and hustle. Do your best every day. Everything you do, no matter what it is, do it your best and don't give anything but 100%. Never give less than that. Even on your bad days, give 100%. As a retiree, I would challenge the leadership of the company to say, to keep the dream alive, keep building leaders. Keep making leaders of leaders so that this company will continue to go beyond where we are today, beyond where we can even see today, the things we can have an idea about today. If you continue to make leaders of leaders, this company can go on forever. I think that is an incredible, an incredible statement and incredible. I mean, I hope everyone that's listening is, I mean, I've enjoyed this so, so much. Thank you again for sitting down and talking to me today. I love learning more about your story, your experiences, your journey here at Torch. And I continue to look forward to the journey you'll have in retirement and all the fun and, and the days of doing whatever you want, whenever you want. Thank you again for being here. If anyone's listening and wanting to find out more about Torch and you look at any job openings that we might have, you can visit our website today, torchtechnologies.com. Thanks again for being here, Jim. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Keeping the Dream Alive podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen and stay connected with us on social media for news and updates surrounding the company. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed it. 